What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So this is an episode today about the Cape Cod Baseball League, which I wanted to do this episode now for probably a month or so now. Whenever the finals were, probably about a month or so ago now, I had all these notes ready to go and just never got to recording it. So here we are tonight doing it. So the Bourne Braves won the 2022 Cape Cod Baseball League Championship. They defeated the Brewster Whitecaps 8-1 to in Two games out of three. It's the best two out of three. They beat them in game two, eight to one, to win the series. For Brewster, though, they won the East Division title for the second year in a row. Won the Cape Cod Baseball League Championship last year. Did fall short this year to Bourne. Uh, Bourne was led by Bryce Eblen, third baseman from the University of Alabama. Was a leadoff hitter for Bourne in game two, and he was on fire going four for five at the dish with two runs scored and a stolen base. He was hitting 458 in the playoffs for Bourne with a double. Five runs scored in RBI, four fifty-eight in six playoff games, with a one oh three six OPS, a ten thirty-six OPS, and a four fifty-eight batting average in six playoff games with Bourne. He was electric in the playoffs. In the regular season, though, Eblin was not as great. It was just a two thirty-eight hitter with a six oh two OPS for the entire season. But he heated up when it mattered most in the playoffs. Two thirty-eight hitter in the regular season with a six oh two OPS to a four fifty-eight hitter with a ten thirty-six OPS in six playoff games. So obviously things went well for him in the playoffs. He was actually the Cape Cod Baseball League playoff MVP. Hit 625 in the finals in two games. 625 batting average in two games in the finals. So very impressive showing there for him. Bourne got things going. They scored four runs in the first inning, and they honestly never looked back in game two. Plating eight runs and smoking 14 hits in game two. Brewster did have a couple errors on the field. It definitely didn't help them out defensively. As for Bourne, another good player for them was Matt Shaw, second baseman from Brimfield, Massachusetts, actually. He plays at the University of Maryland in college. He was great for the Braves during the season. He actually led the Cape Cod Baseball League in batting average. He was actually the Cape Cod Baseball League regular season MVP as well. Was 3-5 for five in Game 2 versus Brewster with a home run, two RBIs, a run scored, and a double. Before Game 2, he's only hitting 161 of the playoffs of Bourne. But he had a huge Game 2 to make up for it. A 941 OPS in the playoffs. And for Bourne in the regular season, he was ridiculous. 360 batting average, five home runs, 19 RBIs, a 10.06 OPS, which was actually team best, a 432 on base percentage of the regular season, another team best, 21 stolen bases, and was also the batting champ as well. 21 stolen bases was good enough for third best in the Cape Cod Baseball League. As a sophomore for Maryland this year, he had 294 at the plate with 21 home runs, 63 runs batted in, a 1018 OPS for the Terps this past year. I did mention him actually in my, I believe it was my college baseball NCAA baseball tournament bracket prediction episode. I think I mentioned him there. Very good player and obviously played well for the Braves this year. And as you can tell, had a great season leading the Cape Cod Baseball League in batting average with a 360 batting average and then also was the batting champ. Third in stolen bases, had a team best 432 on base percentage. Very good year for Matt Shaw. The Braves also had a great player, Chris Brito, hit 333 in the playoffs with three doubles, six runs scored, a home run, and seven RBIs. In the regular season, he led Bourne in walks with 29, also led them in doubles with 14, RBIs with 22, and also had a 903 OPS. He led them in doubles in the regular season with 14, as I said, and walks with 29. Best on the team in RBIs with 22, and then also was third on the team in OPS with a 903 OPS in the regular season. On the mound for Bourne was Hunter Furtado. Furtado 
plays for the University of Alabama in college. Started for Bourne in game two, went three and two-thirds innings pitched with two hits allowed, one earned run, four strikeouts with three walks. He had a 5.06 season ERA in the regular season, but once again, pitched very well when he needed to in the finals. Similar to the guy I mentioned earlier in the episode, Bryce Eblen, struggled in the regular season and then came up big when it mattered most. Furtado, just another example, pitching very well when it mattered most in the finals. As for the West Division champs, the Brewster Whitecaps, Braxton Pearson of TCU got the start for the Whitecaps and got hit around. Four runs allowed with four hits, a strikeout in one inning pitched. So tough day there for him. One inning pitched, one strikeout, four hits allowed, and four runs allowed as well. Had a 2-5 ERA in 13 games in the regular season with 23 strikeouts to three walks. And then obviously just got the best of him in the playoffs, especially in the finals against Bourne. Things got tough for Pearson. Had hit batsman, a wild pitch in the first inning, which didn't help him out at all. Was in a good position, honestly, with the runner on first base and two outs before he had the wild pitch against Chris Brito. Then Brito was hit by a pitch, put him on base, and then he gave up a couple singles in a row and just couldn't get any luck. So honestly, he was in a great position. Runner on first base, two outs, and then everything went downhill for him, giving up four runs, four hits in that one inning. So things just didn't go well for him after that. Right fielder Cameron Fisher scored a run for Brewster in the fourth inning to make it a 4-1 to ball game. That was the closest they got. Shortstop Casa Martini had a great playoff run for Brewster with four home runs, a 409 batting average, and eight RBIs in six games. He only had two home runs in the 36 regular season games this year for Brewster with a 248 batting average. But in the playoffs, 409 batting average, eight RBIs, and four home runs. Four home runs and a 409 batting average in six games compared to the two home runs and 248 batting average in 36 regular season games. So things heated up for him in the playoffs. He also was fourth in the Cape Cod Baseball League in stolen base with 15. So very good summer there for Martini. Ty Cummings, right-handed pitcher from Campbell, got the save of Bourne going three and one-third innings pitched with three hits allowed, no runs allowed. So great night for him. And three strikeouts. So three and one third scoreless innings with three hits and three strikeouts. Cummings had a .52 ERA in 10 appearances in the regular season with 16 strikeouts of five walks and four saves. So very good showing there for him over the summer for Bourne. Ryan Lasko of Rutgers had the best offensive game for Brewster. Going two for four at the plate with his fourth double of the postseason. He had zero doubles in 34 regular season games, but had four doubles in the postseason. Hit 348 in the playoffs with two RBIs in six games. In 34 regular season games, he had zero doubles. In six postseason games, he had two RBIs, a 348 batting average, and four doubles. So very good showing there for Lasko in the playoffs. As a born, they were six and one in the postseason. Six wins and one loss in seven postseason games. Their only loss actually came to Falmouth. The Falmouth Commodores handed Bourne their only loss of the postseason. So credit to my guy, Liam Kenny and the Commodores, for giving Bourne their only loss of the postseason. Bourne finished the regular season 7-0-1. Seven wins, zero losses, and one tie in their last eight regular season games, which is a main reason they won the President's Trophy for the most points in the regular season with 53. Second straight year, they won the President's Trophy. So credit to Bourne once again for having two great seasons in a row. This year finishing with the finals win. But they were 6-1 in the postseason and 7-0-1 in their last eight regular season games. Meaning, they were 13-1-1. 13 wins, one loss, one tie in their last 15 games played of the season. 13-1-1 in their last 15 games played. They were dominant. So credit to Falmouth for handing them their only loss in their last 15 games. So now I'm going to transition to the last part of this episode. Just spotlighting 
Northeastern's two best players that played in the Cape League this summer. Both of them were fantastic. Mike Sirota and Jordy Allett. Both of them were actually all-league selections in the Cape, which just came out a couple days ago now, which reminded me that I had to do this episode. Both of them were all-league selections in the Cape this summer, both of them playing for Hyannis. I'll start off with Mike Sirota. He hit 339 for the Hobbahawks in 18 games, which was second best on the team in batting average in those 18 games. Behind Mitch Jeb, who hit 356. One thing about Jeb, had an unreal summer for Hyannis, had the second best batting average in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League. Behind Matt Shaw, who I talked about at the beginning of this episode, Jeb was also second in the Cape League in stolen bases with 26 stolen bases. So quite the summer there for Mitch Jeb. Definitely made a name for himself. As to Sirota, he was absolutely electric in the Cape League. 339 batting average, as I said, for the Hobbahawks in 18 games. Second best batting average on the team, 339. Third in RBIs on the team with 14. And keep in mind, he played 20 less games than Mitch Jeb and 23 less games than Cole McConnell. Both of those guys, McConnell and Jeb, had 22 RBIs. He had eight less RBIs than both of them with 20 and 23 less games played, respectively. He was only eight behind them. With 20 to 23 games less played than them. He played 20 to 23 games less than both those guys and had only eight less RBIs. He was second best on the team at triples with two. Mitch Jeb had three. And Sorota also had 33 total bases. Sorota was 21 for 62 at the plate with 12 runs scored in 18 games. Also added two doubles. He had a 974 OPS, which was best on the team, a 532 slugging percentage, once again, best on the team. It was also best on the team and on base percentage for players with 10-plus games played with a 442 on base percentage. He also had the best isolated power number on the team with a 194 isolated power grade. And from fan graphs, isolated power, which for short is ISO, is a measure of a hitter's raw power, and it tells you how often a play hits for extra bases. Sorota had the best isolated power number on the team with a 194 isolated power grade. From MLB.com, ISO measures the raw power of a hitter by taking only extra base hits into account and the type of extra base hit into account as well. So it only counts extra base hits. And for example, a player who goes one for five with a double has an ISO of 200 because one out of five plate appearances or one out of five at-bats, that is, went for extra bases. A player who goes two for five with a single and a double has a higher batting average than the first player, but the same ISO of 200. Since each player, one for five with a double, versus two for five with a single and a double, both of them have only one extra base hit apiece in their five at-bats. So it only takes into account extra base hits. By focusing strictly on extra base hits, ISO can help evaluate the raw power a player has. And Sirota had the best ISO on the team. The best isolated power number on the team Sirota had for Hyannis. Sirota also had a 458 secondary average, which the definition of the secondary average statistic in baseball is that it measures the sum of extra bases gained on hits, walks, and stolen bases depicted per at-bat. So in total, secondary average is the amount of walks minus caught steals minus hits, plus stolen bases, plus total bases, divided by at-bats. It is a sabermetric measurement of hitting performance that seeks to evaluate the number of bases a player gained independent of batting average. The secondary average equals the sum of walks, stolen bases, and total bases, minus the times caught stealing and hits, all divided by the times at-bat. 
And overall, Sorot had a 458 secondary average, which 500s considered unreal and elite. And he had a 458 secondary average. So very impressive statistic there for Mike Sorota. Sorota had a 339 batting average, which was fifth best in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League. Four hitters with 62 plus at bats. Sorota had 62 at bats for Hyannis, so I made the cutoff. 62 at bats, and as I said, had the fifth best batting average. Four hitters in the Cape League with 62 plus at bats. He had a 339 batting average, which was fifth best among hitters with 75 plus plate appearances. So the statistic leaderboard only accounts for players with a minimum of 2.7 plate appearances per team game. So it's tough with Sirota since he came over to Hyannis after playing for Brewster. He wasn't in the system as a qualified hitter since he didn't have 2.7 plate appearances per team game for Hyannis since he didn't play in every game for them. So for the leaders of batting average, slugging percentage, and on base percentage, he didn't come up for those as a qualified hitter since he didn't have 2.7 plate appearances per game for Hyannis this summer. So what I did was I took the entire table of statistics for all hitters in the Cape Cod Baseball League who made at least one plate appearance during the summer, threw them all into an Excel spreadsheet, and then was able to sort and organize by each stat category. So for batting average, slugger percentage, OPS, runs batted in, etc., I took all of those, threw it into an Excel spreadsheet with respect to plate appearances to find these numbers of where Sirota ranked in each category since, as I said, he did not have the 2.7 plate appearances per game for Hyannis, which is a minimum in order to qualify for the stat leaderboard. Originally, I was counting where he ranked in the point streak website for the Cape League by sorting by plate appearances and then scrolling up and down to see where he would rank among hitters with 75-plus plate appearances. But then I realized making an Excel spreadsheet was easiest to sort and organize rather than going up and down the website. So what I did was, as I said, I copied and pasted the entire table of every single play that made at least one plate appearance in the Cape Cod Baseball League this summer threw them all into an Excel spreadsheet, and it was much easier to organize from there and see where he ranked. So then I went over to that website, copied and pasted it, threw it into an Excel spreadsheet, and found all these numbers. So as I said, Sirota went over to Hyannis midseason from Brewster, so that's a reason he did not qualify with a minimum of 2.7 plate appearances per team game for Hyannis. But that's why I organized this through Excel to see where he would rank based on the amount of, of at-bats and plate appearances he made since he had such a great summer, and I was happy I could do this and highlight how great of a year he had in the Cape Cod Baseball League. He was so dominant. So among players with 75-plus plate appearances, Sirota had the third-best OPS in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League. He had a 974 OPS for Hyannis, which, as I said, was third-best in the entire Cape League for players with 75-plus plate appearances. Sirota had 77 plate appearances for Hyannis, so I made 75-plus the cutoff there for plate appearances. He also had a 532 slugging percentage, which was good enough for fourth in the Cape Cod Baseball League for batters with 75-plus plate appearances. He had a 442 on base percentage, which was second best in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League as well. Absolutely ridiculous numbers there for Mike Sirota. 532 slugging percentage, which was fourth best in the Cape Cod Baseball League for batters with 75-plus plate appearances. And then also had a 442 on base percentage, which was second best in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League. He had the fifth best batting average among hitters 
with 75-plus plate appearances in the Cape League this summer, hitting 339. So I'm just running over all the stats now. As I said, fifth-best batting average among hitters with 75-plus plate appearances with a 339 batting average in the Cape League this summer. He had the third-best OPS among players with 75-plus plate appearances with a 974 OPS. He actually still would have the third-best OPS in the Cape League among hitters with 50-plus plate appearances. So very impressive. He had the fourth best slugging percentage with a 532 slugging percentage and the second best on base percentage in the Cape League. Four hitters with 75 plus plate appearances with a 442 on base percentage. So very impressive showing there for Mike Sirota. He had 14 RBIs in 18 games played for Hyannis. He had a .77 RBI per game average, which was ninth best in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League. So what I did was I took the column for RBIs and then divided by games played, organized it by who had the best RBI per game average. And Sorota actually had the ninth best RBI per game average in the Cape Cod Baseball League. That's not really a big statistic in baseball, but I thought it was very interesting. 14 RBIs in 18 games played. I knew he would be up there in leaders in the Cape. And as I said, was ninth best in the Cape Cod Baseball League. So then I took that same strategy and took hits and then divided by games played and he actually averaged 1.16 hits per game for Hyannis which was actually seventh best in hits per game in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League among hitters with 60 plus at bats so very impressive summer for Mike Sirota I'm very excited to see him tear it up once again at Northeastern next year in the spring very excited to see him have another big season for the Huskies big sophomore season coming up for Mike Sirota I'm very excited to see what he does in the future as for Jordy Awid he had four wins in the Cape League this summer which was second most in the entire league he was also the recipient of the John J. Claffey Outstanding New England Player Award which Jordy Awid won for the high Harbor Harbourhawks he had a .49 ERA in 18 and one-third innings pitched with only six hits allowed and one earned run in those 18 and one-third innings pitched. He had four wins and two saves in a 545 whip, which as I said before, whip is walks and hits allowed per inning pitched. So a .5 whip is impressive. .545 whip is very impressive. 545 whip. The only earned run he gave up came off a solo home run. He had 21 strikeouts to four walks. And had a 5.25 strikeout to walk ratio. Very impressive. And had 10.3 strikeouts per nine innings pitched. Awitt had the fourth best ERA in the entire Cape Cod Baseball League among hitters with 15 plus innings pitched. So what I did was, what I did with hitters, I took every single stat that pitches had in the Cape Cod Baseball League. So everyone that made one appearance and then organized it based on innings pitched. And as I said, Awitt had the fourth best ERA in the Cape Cod Baseball League among pitches with 15 plus innings pitched. Awitt is actually the first Husky to win the award since Aaron Savalli won it, who also played for Hyannis Action in 2015. Awitt became just the third Husky all time to claim the Claffey Outstanding New England Player Award, so very impressive there. Awitt and Sirota both helped Hyannis make their first postseason bird since 2018 and also helped them accumulate the club's most points in a regular season since 2018. So very impressive summer for Allen and Sirota. And as I said, both of them were all-league selections in the Cape League this summer, which just came out a couple days ago, the all-league selection. So very impressive and happy to see them tearing it up in the biggest stage in all of college baseball. The Cape Cod Baseball League is the cream of the college crop, and I'm so excited to see them do big things next year for Northeastern. 
One last player I want to highlight is Eric Yost, a rising junior right-handed pitcher for the Huskies. Pitched for the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox this past summer. His second straight summer pitching for YD. He was 2-5 and five on the mound, so two wins, five losses was his record. With a 3.58 ERA, 24 strikeouts and 10 walks, and a 1-2-2-4 whip, and 13 earned runs and 30 hits allowed in seven games. He made six starts. Big year coming up for him with Northeastern not having Sebastian Keene and Cam Schlittler. Eric Yost and Wyatt Scotty will be the top of the Huskies rotation. So I'm very excited to see Yost, Elid, and Sirota all have big seasons for Northeastern in the spring. Anyways, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Have a great weekend. Thank you.